With the news this week that Xeno Research and Defence Agency Aegis is being re-established as a research organisation with full funding from the three superpowers, and as we wait to find out what its future plans will be, it's a good time to look back on what Aegis has already achieved. Its defence wing was totally shut down. Its research division has been almost driven out of the Pleiades by the Hive and by the Anti-Zeno Initiative, and its only controlled system is far off in the Orion Nebula. Its presence in the bubble is limited to a few small settlements in Sol, and yet Aegis has been one of the most influential forces in determining the course of human-Thargoid interactions over the past five and a half years. Thargoids had been an almost forgotten threat for years. The first publicly known encounters with the octagonal alien spaceships were 184 years ago, in 3125. It was only recently that we discovered that the first encounter with Thargoids was 14 years earlier than that, in 3111, when azimuth biochemicals came upon Thargoid barnacles, scouts and interceptors near the Colsac Nebula and the sudden disappearance of the Thargoids in 3250 was also linked to azimuth biochemicals. Working with the secretive intergalactic naval reserve arm, they together used a mycoid virus to almost wipe out the Thargoids. But then, much more recently, evidence of the Thargoids started to appear once more. First, in May 3301, the Federal Navy discovered alien objects, known at the time as unknown artefacts. Canon research, in the spirit of scientific inquiry, liberated one of these highly corrosive artefacts from the Federation and conducted experiments that showed that the artefacts were scanning ships and transmitting coordinates. Eight months later, barnacle sites were discovered and the mysterious and valuable meta-alloy fruit that could repair damaged technology. By early 3303, it became apparent that the Thargoids had returned. They were not initially hostile, but their huge interceptors were a potential major threat to human commerce in the Pleiades. And there were surface sites too, unbelievably huge, full of eggs, and some still partly functional, looking suspiciously like very, very large, crashed Thargoid spaceships. There was enough going on, particularly in the Pleiades, for the superpowers to decide there was a need for a joint research programme. After the discovery of meta-alloys, the Empire and the Federation had been jostling for influence in the Pleiades, and the risk of the Cold War turning violent was probably also a factor. On the 5th of August 3303, Professor Albertezro of the Akinar Research Council announced the formation of Aegis. Drawing on resources from all three superpowers, Aegis would research the artefacts and the barnacles for the benefit of all mankind. Aegis was based in Sorbago 
but it quickly established a forward research base, Donars Oak, in the system now known as Delphi. As the weeks passed, reports came in of the Thargoids attacking more military convoys, possibly because those convoys were transporting harvested meta-alloys. They started using Thargon swarms, clouds of small explosive drones to target their enemies. In response to its sponsor's wishes, Aegis evolved into a research organisation with a large military division, headed up by its military liaison, Admiral Aidan Tanner. Aegis acknowledged that many people would be saddened at the change of remit, but committed to continue doing science, only with guns. In September 3303, Aegis started a programme of weapons and countermeasure development that would benefit humanity immeasurably. They sponsored Liz Ryder to develop AX missile racks. They sponsored Ishmael Palin to develop a Xeno scanner. They sponsored Todd McQuinn to develop AX multi-cannons. They sponsored the Dweller to develop the remote release flak launcher. They sponsored Elvira Martuk to develop the shutdown field neutralizer. They developed decontamination limpets. They also sponsored a rather less successful product, the Falcon DeLacy AX-1 Taipan, a ship-launched fighter equipped with two AX multi-cannon. These Aegis weapons, only recently improved upon, have been the core technologies used to fight the Thargoids for five years, and Aegis didn't stop there. Aegis rapidly expanded into other systems in the Pleiades, eventually establishing more than 20 starports. It also changed its initial approach to fighting the Thargoids, admitting that the new AX technology it had developed worked on smaller ships, but not on the capital ships that had been the mainstay of the fight back against the Thargoids. Accordingly, these megaships became support ships, providing refuel, repair, rearm services to the small ships that would take on the Thargoids. Around this time, the rediscovery of the old Inra bases, where the mycoid virus had been developed, resulted in bad press for Aegis. Commentators drew parallels between the genocidal approach of Inra and Aegis. We now know that it was Aegis's late arrival, salvation of azimuth biochemicals, that had worked with Inra, and that Aegis was entirely blameless of these sins of the past. Aegis ran a series of military campaigns against the Thargoids in the Pleiades, but Professor Tesro has never given up hope that some sort of accommodation with the aliens could be reached. She continued to sponsor research into Thargoid sensors and probes, and Aegis continued to study the Thargoid surface sites with their extraordinary map rooms. This work continued even as the Thargoids committed their first attacks on starports in the Pleiades, which may, ironically, have been as a result of the collection there of Thargoid artefacts for study. Dozens of starports had been attacked by the start of 3304, and it became clear that the Thargoids were starting to encroach into the human bubble. Aegis deployed megaships Acropolis and Vanguard to attempt to head off the Thargoid invasion. When in early 3304, the first Guardian sites were discovered, an engineer Ramtar started researching hybrid technologies, Aegis was keen to work with him to make this powerful new technology generally available. 
The Guardian site also provided evidence that the Thargoids had existed for millions of years and may be nomadic, returning periodically to harvest their meta-alloys. We had our first piece of real evidence about what motivates the Thargoids. Some months later, when Ramtar had developed a range of Guardian hybrid AX weapons, he turned to Aegis for protection from Sirius Corporation, which was attempting acts of sabotage to get its hands on the new technology. Aegis pledged to ensure that Ramtar's work would remain independent, and that his network of Guardian tech brokers would make the technology, including Gauss Cannon, Shard Cannon, and the Trident, Javelin, and Lance XG fighters available to all. It also negotiated a reduction in the materials required to unlock these modules. Ramtar expressed his delight to be working with Aegis. Aegis established the Eagle Eye Network in the Pleiades to monitor Thargoid communications and to predict future attacks. The network was also able to detect more Thargoid surface sites. It worked sporadically for a little more than a year and was a valuable tool in heading off potential Thargoid incursions. It also predicted the Thargoid attack on the cannon research vessel, the Gnosis. When Princess Ashling Deval attacked Aegis for not working hard enough to repel the Thargoid advance, the Federal Times summed up Aegis's achievements Apart from undertaking scientific research, developing defensive systems, producing anti-Thargoid weaponry, creating the Eagle Eye surveillance network, building two military megaships and actively engaging Thargoid forces in combat, what has Aegis ever done for us? All this time, and quite separately from Thargoid attacks on stations, Thargoid sensors had been damaging starports. Careless commanders selling the commodities to stations were, wittingly or unwittingly, causing great damage to the starports. When the Dove Enigma megaship in Colonia was sabotaged using Thargoid sensors, Aegis developed technology to end this behaviour. By distributing tiny quantities of meta-alloys to every starport, Aegis managed to end this plague forever. Aegis worked to find alternative sources of meta-alloys after the Pleiades sites were overexploited. The Enclave Initiative, which was sponsored by Aegis, resulted in the colonisation of the Witchhead Nebula, but also resulted in another conflict with the Thargoids, who appeared to be attempting to defend their territory. Aegis's expansions into the Pleiades and then into the Witchhead Nebulae may have, in retrospect, been inadvisable. Discontent with Aegis grew as the Thargoids continued their advance to the point that Aegis' core was thrown out of their home system of Socho and relocated to Sol under the Federation's protection. President Hudson made it clear that any attack on Aegis was an act of treason against humanity. Despite Aegis's growing unpopularity, the Thargoids were beaten back and starports were gradually restored to normal operation. Attacks continued sporadically in the Pleiades and in the Witchhead Nebulae. Over the next year, Aegis did little to distinguish itself. It gradually lost control of its stations in the Pleiades to anti-Zeno groups, such as the Hive and the Anti-Zeno Initiative. There were no initiatives to fight the Thargoids. On their side, the Thargoids also seemed content to remain where they were. In November 3306, with the Thargoid threat seeming much more distant, and with the neo marlinist terrorists sapping Imperial resources, 
Admiral Denton Petraeus, previously a supporter of Aegis, announced that the Empire would no longer fund the anti-Zeno organisation. Following the abortive Galactic Summit two months later, and after major terrorist outrages against Alliance and Federal starports, funding dried up completely. Aegis was ripe for the acts of sabotage and propaganda committed against it by Salvation, the new kid on the anti-Zeno block, who turned out to be the oldest kid on the block, and an all-round evil villain. After Salvation sabotaged the Aegis megaship, the Alexandria, stole its cargo and left the crew to die, Aegis was finished. Albertesro resigned from Aegis in August 3307, following the damning Bauman report, which used Salvation's lies about Aegis to condemn its leaders. Admiral Aidan Tanner was court-martialed for his failed attempts to demonstrate that Salvation was behaving unethically, although he has since been pardoned. A small group of its scientists continued to carry out research in the PMD 2009-48 system in the Orion Nebula. This forgotten megaship had attempted to compete with Salvation to collect Guardian technology and continue its research, shunned by commanders, in favour of Salvation and his Proteus wave. The Archimedes and its crew have colonised the system and are one of the last remnants of Aegis. Until now... With this week's announcement that the Empire, the Federation and the Alliance are once again willing to fund a streamlined, more efficient, science and technology focused Aegis, work has already started to build the tools we'll need to enter the Thargoid maelstroms to find whatever is at their core, perhaps something like those huge Thargoid surface sites that have intrigued us for so long, and to persuade the Thargoids to leave the human-inhabited bubble. It's too early to say whether Aegis will repeat its mistakes in setting up colonies in Thargoid territory. <laughs>